The drive to college on move-in day felt mind-bogglingly short. It took just under six hours, and I spent most of it either passed out in the back seat or sitting ramrod straight behind the wheel, blinking at the wobbling produce trucks and Priuses that swam around our car like pilot fish. Looking back on the days leading up to that drive, the feelings I'd been having, the waves of excitement I'd been trying and failing to control, it's easy to imagine why those six hours went so smoothly. I was going away to college, finally, after a lifetime plus one year of waiting. My expectations, both for myself and for the scores of interesting people I was sure to meet, were sky high. Would it last? I had no idea, but I was eager to find out. Cut to a few days later. It's 8 o'clock in the evening on a Tuesday. I'd spent the day working on Slugcast stuff and I'd just gotten dinner at the Crown Merrill Dining Hall with a friend. Not a bad day in all. By the time I collapse in my room, I'm utterly exhausted and utterly miserable. It's weird the way misery creeps in without any real cause. As I scroll through Instagram and make idle conversation with my roommates, I feel it sink down into my stomach like a stone and cling there, unwilling to budge, firing out little messages of invalidation that burrow into my ears and make it impossible to hear anything else. Behind it, I can detect an all-consuming urge to do something, to reach that bar that I'd set for myself, to live up to the great and mystical force known as the college experience. I pull up iMessage and text my friend L, a fellow second year who I've known since high school, to try and alleviate the pain. Hey, hey up, up to anything, anything exciting tonight? tonight? Nope, nope, I'm, I'm just, just in, in my room. room. How, How about, about you? you? Not, Not much, much, but I feel, I feel like if there was something going on, I'd participate. Want to do, do something? I mean, maybe. Only, Only if there's something worthwhile to do, you know? So, so do, do you want to do something? We could text Amelia. I don't know. Maybe. Are you starting to get a sense of how annoying I'm being? I continue to badger L, jumping back and forth between not wanting to leave my bed and wishing I was doing something, anything else. A couple nights prior, Elle and I had gone on a night hike with two complete strangers, and we'd told each other wilderness stories under a canopy of stars. Instead of cruel whispers, that thrilling, unexpected night triggered a wave of positive messaging. I'd felt I was taking advantage of being here, which now only made me feel even more pitiful. What's, What's the, the move, move Kyle? Kyle? L writes. I don't, I don't know. know. What's, What's the, the move, move L? L? I reply. I'm being a bit of a jerk now, but I, I want to do something so badly, 
But I also just want to sleep. It's been such a long day. I don't know that I can do that without feeling horrible about myself, though. And I can't really think of anything to do, but the concept of doing something just refuses to leave my mind. And I'm experiencing Finally, Elle calls me. They tell me that I'm worrying them, assure me that I can stay in my room if I want, and ask me, in no uncertain terms, if I could please stop stressing them out. I oblige, feeling crappier than ever, and end up passing out by 9.30. The next day, Elle and I meet in the afternoon, and I apologize to them for dragging them along to my weird self-pity party. I've been doing so many cool new things lately, I explained, but somehow it never feels like enough. Self L name pronouns and major. Just think it'd be funny if I didn't say anything. Fair enough. Hello, I'm L Tonkovich. This is L in person. They're a sociology major and one of the coolest people I know. If they were experiencing the same weird social pressure that I was, maybe I wasn't some lonely little freak creating a sad little self-pity universe inside his head, after all. On a visit to the woods by the residence hall, we chatted about it more. At the beginning of this episode, I kind of cite an experience of my own where um, it was very, it was like not late, and I was like eight o'clock, and I was bothering the hell out of you um, with like because I was so self-conscious about the how I wasn't doing enough. And I'm curious, has anything kind of like arisen, like any moments like that arisen for you? And if not, like what kind of moments do you feel that pressure the strongest? I think that um, a lot of it is just when you're alone. I felt the, the pressure, like whether that's being alone in like your dorm, like whenever I would be sitting in my dorm, like reading a book, you know, I really like to read and I like reading books, but there was always a part of me that was like, well, there's probably something fun happening somewhere else. And you're kind of a loser for sitting alone, reading a book in your dorm. And where, where do you think that pressure comes from? I think in my case, at least it's probably vague kind of vague kind of ideas from outside coming into my mind and getting twisted and distorted every which way Mm -hmm. until they're very scary and very intense i think it is maybe you know i think it's just like the pressure to be doing things Mm -hmm. um and it's different now that classes have started but for the first few days when there weren't classes you know it was it felt like you always had to be doing some kind of activity um a meaningful activity and you know most likely social, most likely something, you know, kind of um, fun in that kind of college, like, rambunctious way, like, oh, we're gonna go for, like, a night hike or something, like, you know. Which we did do, it was great. Which was fun, which is the perfect example of, like, oh, like, this is the experience I should be having in college, you know, Mm -hmm. like, we're here at this place that has all these um, resources for education and for, you know, nature and for, um, new experiences it feels like if you're not taking advantage of all of them all the time um you're like wasting your time so let's say you're like me or l or any of the many thousands of students who are living in santa cruz for the first time and find themselves plagued by college fomo since i'm making an episode about it i feel duty bound to say something that might help so here are a few ideas Number one, 
If you think your college FOMO might be extending into more serious mental health issues like anxiety or depression, please go to caps.ucsc.edu, linked in the show notes, to talk to someone about it. UCSC sees thousands of new students on campus every year, and as a result, the support system they develop to help those students adjust to college life is robust and easily accessible. So please access it if you feel the need to. Number two, one of the best ways to alleviate FOMO is to actually go out and do things, within your comfort zone, of course. If you're dying to just meet people living around you, keep an eye out for events being thrown by your college, like movie nights or ice cream socials. Usually they're announced via flyer on one of the many on-campus bulletin boards or via a college's designated social media page. If you're specifically looking for like-minded people, maybe folks who share your aversion to parties or who prefer hanging out over voice chat, there's no better way than through UCSC's many clubs and student organizations. To get a full list of them, I highly recommend you check out my colleague Sharon's Daily Slug episode called All of UCSC's Clubs and Orgs, as well as the many club-focused episodes we've been doing over the summer. Third of all, in the coming months, college FOMO could potentially make you more outgoing. I know that sounds counterintuitive, but a study I found from the University of British Columbia called From Misperception to Social Connection, Correlates and Consequences of Overestimating Others' Social Connectedness, researchers tested four hypotheses in a population of UBC first years. Here are the two most important ones. One, that in the short term, students who believe that their peers are more socially connected will report lower well-being and a reduced sense of belonging, which, yeah, we knew that. And more importantly, too, that in the long term, perceiving a meaningful but surmountable gap between one's own social connectedness and that of one's peers will be associated with making more friends. That means that maybe in the long run, college FOMO could help us make more friends, even if it makes us miserable in the short term. So how did those hypotheses actually shake out in the study? Well, both were more or less supported, but with one important qualification. Here's a quote. Examining a plot of these results reveals that first-year students who perceived that their peers had moderately more friends than they themselves did reported making more close friends over the year as compared with students who believed that their peers had many more friends than they themselves did. These findings provide evidence that believing that other people have more friends than you do, in moderation, may have positive implications for friendship formation. So, yes, some light college FOMO could help you make more friends and acquaintances in your first year. Though, of course, the negative effects of heavy college FOMO will only serve to stunt social growth. I find that really interesting, and I think that that should inform our attitude about the college FOMO phenomenon. If it gets serious, you should absolutely reach out to someone and try to lighten the load. But if it's moderate and occasional, if it sneaks up on you a night or two every week, or haunts you in a mid-afternoon lull, we should learn to see it as a means to an end. We should figure out how to manage college FOMO to keep it within reasonable bounds with the full assurance that it's abundantly natural. It will pass and, in a sense, it guarantees that we won't settle for a college experience that's anything short of extraordinary, whatever our definition of extraordinary may be.
So, that's all I really got for you. Remember to check out the links that I've put in the show notes if you need extra help. But above all else, person to person, FOMO sufferer to potential FOMO sufferer, I wish you the best. We're going to figure this out. Thank you so much for listening. This episode of the UCSC Slugcast was made by Kyle Keller and brought to you by the Division of Student Affairs and Success. Also brought to you by the Division of Student Affairs and Success is the UCSC Slug Mentor Network, an exciting program that links students with peer mentors. Mentors and mentees take an online survey, then are matched based on common interests, goals, and experiences. It's a fantastic program, but don't take it from me. One participant put it this way. My mentor has been an amazing help in my life. He makes me realize and see things more clearly. Sometimes it's right in front of your face, but you can't see until someone puts it into words for you. Find a mentor or become a mentor at the link in the show notes.